What is up, Mavs fans? It's your boy Bibbs here. Um, <laughs> I, I'm not happy, man. I'm I'm really not happy. It's it's sad because coming off the All Star break, I was ready to to turn on a turn over a new leaf and be a new Bibbs out here for you guys. But this team just does not want me to be happy. They don't want me to be happy. <laughs> I don't know what what I'm supposed to do as a fan with a team that intentionally rests a 22-year-old for having a little anky injury. Ooh, did his anky hurt? Mm. Yeah, we don't need a win against OKC. We don't need this obvious win. We have other players that can step up, right? False. We learned that the hard way. Uh, So, yeah, we got two games to cover. Uh, you know, I try to keep these these cold open short, but let's uh, let's get into it after this here first quick break. Look, I know y'all are tired of the same old ads, and they were probably kind of long, so let me condense that for you a bit. I'm partnering with four companies right now, and I'm going to tell you about two of them here. Mondo from Movie Merchandise and Alamo Drafthouse from Movie Tickets. Uh, if you go to my website, bibscorner.com, hit the support the show tab and scroll down. Uh, just browse the Mondo site. You might see movie posters you like or uh, other type of merchandise. Everything's handcrafted uh, in limited edition as well. As far as the Alamo Drafthouse, you can get tickets or gift cards through the site. And if you do, it helps me out. So, again, hit that link or let me know if you want me to send you the link. I'll be glad to do so. Uh, Mondo Movie Merchandise, Alamo Draft House. Best in-theater experience, in my opinion. And without further ado, let's get back into this recap. second plug of the night uh if you've cut the cord or you're looking to cut the cord of actually partner with two streaming services as well uh vidgo and philo vidgo offers a comprehensive sports package and follows more focused on the the scripted tv networks um if you're interested in maybe taking a look go again to the support the show tab on the bibscorner.com website scroll down until you see those links and give them a look and while i'm here uh, i do have merch available on the website right now as well uh, right now just hoodies masks and stickers if you're interested in any other type of merch anything that you would want to have that has the the bibs corner logo on it cups whatever let me know. I can make it happen. And, and without further ado, let's get back into this NBA news. Your Highness. All right, folks. Welcome back yet again to the Bibbs Corner Podcast. I am your host, as always, Mike Bibbins. On Twitter at Bibbs Corner, 
And uh, of course, if you're new to the podcast, welcome in. I appreciate you. And I hope you stick around. If you are a longtime listener, you know how this is probably going to go. Uh, the Mavs split their last two games, right? And there was a, an acceptable way to split these two games. You know, the, the hope would be that we would win these two games against a team that is at best on our level and a team that should be well below our level. But we won that first one against the team on our level, the Spurs, and we lost the next one. So we're going to get into what I liked and what I didn't like here, which is the first section that I'm supposed to be doing (laughs) if I keep any level of organization to this thing. So what I liked, what I didn't like. So first of all, Porzingis. Porzingis in the Spurs game did what we want Porzingis to do, uh, especially against a team that didn't really have a good matchup for him. Uh, Pirtle, solid little player, but should not be causing any problems for Kristaps Chris, Porzingis. Uh, and then they, other than him, they played pretty small. So again, nobody on that Spurs team should be causing Kristaps any problems. And that was the case. 28 and 14 for him, 11 for 17 from the field. Only five of those 17 being three-point attempts. Beautiful. That's what that's what I want to see from Kristaps. He had four offensive rebounds. Huge. Maxi also had four offensive rebounds, but right now we're praising Kristaps, right? Um, yeah, overall, I was very happy with what he did in the Spurs game. I'd love to see that type of play continue, especially against teams that are actually playoff teams. Um, and I mean, when I say playoff teams, I mean that the, the real big dogs, uh, the Spurs are a weird team. They're, they're in the playoffs, but should they be question mark? Um, <clears throat> the other thing that I liked out of these two games, I'm going to go, I'm going to go with Maxi. Uh, I feel like Maxi has settled in a bit. Um, not doing anything extraordinary, but uh, last night against OKC, he had 14 points, uh, four for six from three. And again, I would have loved to see him do more, but you know, that's really not what his game is designed for. So uh, take what you can get from Maxi. He stepped up a little bit. He, he, he made his shots. And in the prior game, 11.7 boards. So two straight games, double figures. Uh, I mentioned he had four offensive rebounds already in the Spurs game. Uh, he's, oh yeah, so yeah, Kleber, Kleber, very happy with his performance in both games. Offensively, would love to see him with Luka more, but that's a another story. Um, the other thing I guess I'll say I liked, Jalen Brunson still did a good job against the Thunder. Good to see him bounce back because they kind of locked him down. The, uh, the game before the All-Star break. So I was glad to see him actually power through last night. Um, and I think that's really all I'm really going to have for the what I liked. It's time to get to what I didn't like. Now, I could probably do an entire episode on what I didn't like, but we'll keep it easy for now. <sighs> what I didn't like. The Mavs defense. 
We are not equipped to do anything in the painted area, offensively or defensively, and teams exploit that at a high clip. They just go to the hole on us at will. I see a lot of teams overthink it, or maybe there's guys that can't make interior passes, whatever the case may be. We get lucky a lot that there's no real dominant big men like there used to be, or there are a handful, and but we don't have to, to face them often. A dominant big man can do whatever they want against us, literally. Uh, we play Jokic on... Saturday, if the Nuggets wanted to, they could have they could get him a 50-point game with ease. If they wanted to, he may do a little bit of taking himself out of that painted area, uh, going out to the perimeter, but uh, he could easily have a 50-point game if he chose to. That's that's just we can see that. We basically tell teams it's like uh, a team that just is not good against the run. Uh, I know the league is designed for passing now in the NFL, and a lot of teams aren't willing to marry themselves to the run game because it's not sexy, right? But basically, that's what we are. We we are a team that doesn't care about the paint, and we offer that up to every team we play against. If they take it, they'll have a great night. If they don't, they won't. And... Uh, and then we somehow also suck defending against the three. So it's a recipe for disaster. And, <clears throat> I mean, we got torched by the Oklahoma City Thunder G League squad who didn't even make the G League playoffs. It's – there's no way for me to look at this roster and expect that to change. We are going to continue to suck – at defending the painted area. Can we seduce teams into shooting threes, maybe, uh, and then hope that they miss them? Fantastic. But other than that, our, our defense on the interior is not, not to be found. Uh, and that's, that's problematic. So I hated that. Secondly, Luca resting. Now, I've come to accept that KP has to rest. I understand he's had some injuries, whatever. I'll, I'll, I'll swallow the pill on that one. Rest him in back-to-backs. That's fine. But why are you resting, Luca? Why the hell does 22-year-old Luca, coming off All-Star break, need to be rested? Now, if he's legitimately injured, then say that, and then we don't have any problems. He injured his ankle. His ankle is hurt. He's sore. Fantastic. Do not designate him as rest. I hate this team so much. They want to pretend to be something they are not. They want to have these mysterious injury reports. They want to have cab space to lure free agents. Why? That's not who we are. We're not learning free agents, and we're not gaining anything by being mysterious about our player injuries. What, 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 what are we, what are we doing? Like this goes back to when Seth Curry had the stress fracture, and they pretended it wasn't a stress fracture for two months. For what? Who's making these decisions? 
and why. Nobody cares about us that much, I promise. So when you say he's out for rest, I'm going to respond to what you say. You say rest, I say bullshit. Why is he resting? He is 22. Now, if you want to say you just didn't respect the Oklahoma City Thunder, you thought your scrubs could beat them, you were wrong, apparently. I hate to say I'm almost glad OKC won, because if we they lost, all the Mavs apologists would, oh, see, we didn't need Luca. Oh, the Mavs are geniuses. Oh, Cuban is the greatest. Oh. I don't give a damn about access. I'm going to talk shit about this team. If you don't like it, do not listen to me. Do not follow me. I'm going to talk trash about my team. It's uh, the James Baldwin quote about America. I love the Dallas Mavericks more than any other sports franchise in the world. And because of this, I claim the right to criticize her till the day that I die. That's how this is going down. I love this team so much that I'm not going to turn a blind eye to bullshit. If you are my friend and I see you throwing your life away, doing drugs, chasing loose women, I'm going to tell you if I care about you. If I don't care, then I'm not going to tell you. But I care, so I'm going to talk. I'm going to say my piece. Um, nobody on Twitter is more qualified than me to talk about this team. And I'm not more qualified than anybody else. I hate the gatekeeping. Don't don't try to act like you're smarter than every anybody else on on the on the Twitters. I don't care what your job is. I don't care what your affiliation is. I don't care what your level of education is. I've been playing basketball since I was 2 years old. You're not going to tell me what I what I know or what I see. You're not going to convince me to change. You're not going to change my mind. Let's 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 go there. Now, can you open my eyes to a different way of thinking? Maybe. But as far as if I say the Mavs resting Luca is dumb as fuck, you're not changing my mind on that. It is dumb. There is no incentive to 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 resting Luka Doncic. I had a dude, I can't remember who it was, or I, I would definitely say your name. I don't want to be sound like I'm, I'm being sneaky about it. Um, but basically said that uh, we, sh we should lose the game against OKC so that we can play or uh, uh, rest Luka against OKC so we could, excuse me, play full strength against the Clippers back-to-back. Uh, -back. Because it, we want to be competing against teams like the Clippers. We don't need to compete against teams like the Thunder. What the fuck does that mean? What does that mean? Let me go find the actual tweet. I don't. I don't want to misquote somebody. I don't want to misquote somebody. And I've I've gone off on a tangent. I don't care. This is going to be a rant. Um. Let Let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Here we go. I'm going to read this entire thread. So I made the joke. Hey, guys, we get the Nuggets on a back-to-back -back so they won't play Jokic or Murray. Awesome. 
sarcastically because that's the kind of dumb shit the Mavs fans say. They just accept that the Mavs are going to do dumb things. The Nuggets are not going to rest their best players because they actually care about winning. Um, Luca Dadon 77 said, if their coach was Rick, I'm sure their two stars won't play. And I said, the fans would justify it, or is that just Mavs fans? Uh, my man Gravy with two A's, trained with two A's, hopped in to do exactly that. I can't wait for everyone who overreacted to look back at this. Beating the Thunder really doesn't matter. Aren't the Clippers more important? I said a win is a win and a loss is a loss. Because I don't care. Why should we lose to the Thunder? So then he says, so we rest them against the Clippers instead? How does beating the 16 and 20 Thunder help the Mavs in their end goal? They're trying to compete against top tier teams and the Clippers are a more immediate threat than the Thunder. And I said, man, what? Because what the fuck does that mean? I, I, I have to read that again to even try to comprehend what this man is trying to accomplish with his statement. How does beating the Thunder help the Mavs in their end goal? Because a win moves us up the standings. They're trying to compete against top-tier teams, and the Clippers are a more immediate threat. Immediate threat to what? We're nowhere. We're not chasing the Clippers in the standings. We are at the seven-eight range right now. We need to work our way up, and you work your way up by beating the, the bum-ass teams that are behind you, not losing to them because you decided to rest your two best players. So after I said, "Man, what?" instead of saying these things that I'm saying now. <clears throat> He said, bruh, make an argument. I know you're not stupid, Bibbs. Don't overreact like all the meatheads on this app. I said, I don't feel like there's anything to argue, but sure. No loss helps you, period. And every win helps you, period. Who the opponent is doesn't matter. The playoff race is tight, and we just came off of a season where another win or two would have bumped us up the standings. Hashtag. All games matter. I further clarified, I would prefer not to rest my 22-year-old star like he's some broken-down, grizzled veteran. We want to compete with the top teams, sure, but I would also rather not meet them in the first round by throwing away wins. That, that seems pretty straightforward, right? We need every win we can get, so when we play a team that we should definitely beat, we should probably make sure we definitely beat them. If Luca's sore, blow these bums out in the first half and let Luca rest somewhere in the second half. Then he comes back. I don't want him rested either, but if you but if you're going to rest him, why choose to rest him against the teams we want to be in the end of the season? It's not the end of the season. I'm sorry. I don't know how loud this shit is going to be when I re release this. <laughs> okay. How will we know what our team's weaknesses are if we just bow down to LA or Denver? I don't want to bow down to anybody. See, this is a, a, a argument of rest against this team versus rest against that team. Why the fuck is he resting? I'm sorry, I'm cussing way too much. This is not how I talk. Give me a second.
So you didn't hear anything I just said about not resting Luca. Uh, so then he he also came back because I had responded twice. He responded to each tweet. Uh, the opponent doesn't matter, huh? Then why are people saying rest against the Clippers instead since we don't have a chance at winning? We're literally two games back from the sixth seed. Even after losing, we will be fine. There's more important goals than beating OKC. And I said those people are also wrong because I don't want him resting against anybody unless he's actually hurt he says i just assume there's something that casey smith saw and he thought it was best for them both to rest if there's a problem with luca i want him as fresh as possible for the more pivotal games a pivotal game is a game you lose when you lose you pivot backward each game is currently pivotal if we beat okc Fan fucking tastic, but we did not. So we pivoted the opposite direction. Every game is pivotal. We're not in the playoffs yet. Right now we're looking at the play in. Losing to the Clippers has more impact on the standings than losing to OKC IMO. The standings don't care who you lost to. The standings just know you lost. And I'm not responding to this bullshit on my timeline anymore. If you come at me with dumb takes, I'm not responding to it. I'm tired. I've been too nice for too long. This is not who I am. So when you come at me with the dumb shit, I will give you one response to try to explain why your shit is dumb. But after that, I'm not going back and forth with you. And I don't mean to come off like an asshole, but this is too, wait, this is too, too, too much energy is consumed trying to understand your dumbassness. I'm sorry, that was mean. Too much energy is consumed trying to get down to your level of thinking while also trying to remain cordial. So I'm just not gonna do it. I'm just I'm not I'm just not gonna entertain it. If you once once I realize that we're not getting anywhere, I'm done. take a sip of this water man look <laughs> i just said uh I, I know there's new people listening this is not how you always am please forgive me um i just i, I had a plan <laughs> to try to make this a regular recap but man i'm i'm, I'm pissed i'm i'm annoyed i'm pissed the fan base annoys me like i, I almost want to leave the fan base that's how bad it's gotten because these people are fucking exhausting No matter what the team does, there's always an excuse. Always an excuse. It's always, if you criticize the front office, oh, but they got us Luca and Dirk. That is two motherfuckers. I'm sorry. I'm cussing way too much. <laughs> that is two guys in 25 years. Were they? Are they both top 20 type players? Yes. If the Kings and Suns aren't idiots, we don't have Luka. If the Bucks aren't idiots, we don't have Dirk. I think Donnie is a great international scout. But going back to the Darren Williams situation, 
it is clear that he is not built for the today's league. Today's player, he cannot relate to today's players. He cannot hold a conversation with them. The Mavs organization as a whole, I, I talked about it on the Outsiders podcast. There's, no, there's, it's, it's not conducive to bringing guys in. Guys look at people look at Dallas the way Dallas carries themselves. Um, a few years back, I did have, I did like a like a teamwork online had like a meet and greet type thing on with the Mavs, like executives and whatnot. And I went to that. Uh, it was like a game against the Lakers. Kobe didn't play. I, that was part of my reason for going to that game. I think Kobe, that was like right after Kobe got hurt. Like I bought the tickets. I was super stoked. And then Kobe got hurt. It was like a game against the Lakers. And like before the game, you got to meet with some of the executives, pick their brains, blah, 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 blah. So I went in there. There was a whole bunch of people with resumes looking all sharp and nervous and all that bullshit, right? And we're talking to the the executives, like everybody's getting their shot to shoot their shot and sell themselves on who they are. And a lot of people would start out with, hey, I've been a Mavs fan since blah, blah, blah. And you could just see the executives tune out immediately. And eventually one guy just said, nobody cares that you're a fan. We're not looking for fans. We're looking for people with different business backgrounds. And that threw me off a little bit. Like I get it, but I didn't get it at the same time because if I'm an organization, I want the person to be passionate about my organization when they're coming in. Is it a a requirement? No, but if a person is passionate about the team, they are more likely to take their job seriously. I-M-O. But you know, what do I know? I'm just a broke black boy from South Carolina. So anyway, this continued across the room. And again, I just got to, it changed my look, the way I look at this organization, because previously my only look at the the management and whatnot was Cuban, who seemed like a fun, energetic, tapped in, on the court, plugged into the players. Like he was a fan. He was on the court like a fan. But then I see he hires people that aren't fans, or he wants to hire people to run the rest of the organization who aren't fans. I look at the fact that Donnie has been there forever and we have not been able to lure anybody special to this team, despite having generational talents on the roster and hearing him tell Darren Williams, trust me or trust us uh, hearing Cuban skip out on meetings to film shark tank, which means that his mind is elsewhere which tells the players that his mind is elsewhere, that he's focused on other things. He's focused on stacking paper that has nothing to do with the Dallas Mavericks. He's not all in. Um, hearing these things lets me know that the organization, and, and this is on this is what this was before the scandal, by the way. One of the people that I met went down in the scandal and was actually the only person that gave me any real advice, but Again, this was a co- this is a culture issue. This is a, a part of that issue with the culture. Um, these are the type of people you're bringing in, people from the business world, from all different backgrounds of the business world that only care about making money. They aren't creating a situation that is sexy to a young athlete. They're not building that. They're not building that culture. The This goes to the social media as well. It's not interactive. It's not fun like some of the other teams are. Um, and I love some of those. I know some of those people. I love y'all. 
But as far as like when you compare the Mavs to other teams, we're not doing some of the things that these teams are doing. Uh, and you can say that it hasn't been very impactful, on the, especially on the social media side, but a lot of these guys are getting younger. A lot of these guys that are coming into the league now or that are coming off their rookie contracts now have been on social media since they were 12, and they care about those things. They care about the interactivity. They care about being tapped into the culture. And that's another problem of the culture. <laughs> the And when I say culture, I mean those graffiti jerseys we're not okayed by would not have gotten the approval of any you know what i'm gonna <laughs> the jerseys are weak anyway i'm getting off topic the point of this whole line of dialogue is <clears throat> people the mavs want to be a business they want to be business savvy they want to be the, all those things they want that's the 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 image that they create even the jerseys are business straight business the ones that they tried to be fun they look like they tried to be fun they weren't just fun okay and i just did a trump hand movement but you can't see that um let me sip this water real quick so who do we learn what guys come to dallas veterans that are past their prime guys whose careers have fallen off and they want to revamp them Guys in contract years who want to try to see if they can score another contract because it's a business decision. You come to Dallas as a business decision. You come to to get some tax free dollars on the back end of your career. You come to try to make a make a new name for yourself so you can go to one of those sexier teams. You come to. You come because it's the the smart decision for one reason or another it's a well-run organization it's a good franchise a good solid franchise right there's nothing sexy about it now dirk wasn't the, a sexy superstar either i think luca can become that at some point but at the same time i listen to him sometimes in interviews and maybe he's too humble I think that his personality may be uh, good for luring in some of his Euro buddies, but I don't think he's going to help lure in some of the more some of the other American type players. Um, I don't even know how I got here. <laughs> so yeah. So anyway. So you criticize Cuban, you criticize Donnie, you criticize Rick Carlisle, and you don't know what you're talking about. Um, trust them. They know what they're doing. Uh, Casey Smith must have said something. Um, they're looking at the bigger picture, blah, 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 blah. Again, I've been a fan of this team since the 90s. There's been a lot of stuff that we put up with. When Dirk was in his prime, he carried this team on his back. Since 2011, the team has not done anything worth writing home about. They salvaged a few seasons after some bad free agency moves by putting together some ragtag tag team of guys. We had some fun. We tanked. We got a couple high draft picks. We turned one of those picks into an all a former all-star. We turned another one of those picks into a guy who looks like he's going to be one of the top five players in the league for the next 10 to 15 and now 
we we're supposed to be climbing. We're supposed to be climbing to the next the next stage, the next level. We're supposed to be building towards having a championship contending team. And when I see us do things that stagnate us, that don't move us forward, it pisses me off. And yes, you're going to fucking hear it when that happens. We are currently the 8 seed. We were the 7 seed last year. If we didn't lose last night, we would still be the 7 seed. Uh, you could talk about how we didn't need to beat OKC all you want. We need to beat every team that is in front of us. And until we lose to that team, it's not an acceptable loss. If we lose to the Clippers, okay, they're a better team than us. Fine. We should not be losing to OKC. We should not put ourselves in a position to lose to OKC. You go out, you win that game. If Luka needs to rest on the back end, fan-fucking-tastic. But you don't just decide, eh, we don't need him, and take an L versus a bad team. When you know we're about to go through a gauntlet. So uh, my audio actually cut out <laughs> while, I was re- while I was recording. Um, but, yeah, we're, we're about to go through a gauntlet but against the likes of Denver, twice against LAC, twice against the Portland Trail Blazers, and we decided to cap that off, or not cap that off, we decided to kick that that runoff with a loss to the Thunder. So, I mean, there's no way you're going to tell me that what we did last night was smart and expect me to eat that, okay? Uh, you can't feed me a, a turd and tell me it's chocolate. I'm looking at it. I can smell it. What we did last night was dumb. Okay, so if you are a person who cannot accept that the Dallas Mavericks do dumb things, unfollow me, unsubscribe, mute me, block me, I don't care. Do not come at me with the bullshit. If the Mavs do no wrong in your eyes, you should not care to hear anything I have to say because I'm going to criticize the fuck out of them. They could be undefeated. I will find something to criticize. That's what I do. Hi, my name is Bibbs. And I find shit to complain about with my teams. Will I also defend them? Yes. When they give me something to defend. <laughs> I'm the main person calling out Luca for his foul baiting. Sometimes it makes sense. Sometimes it's goofy. Luca crying to the refs, annoying. To no end. Tim Hardaway Jr. chucking away. I guess that's his job, right? Doesn't mean I have to like it. I would love for a more complete basketball player in his role. But whatever. Like watching what Jordan Clarkson is doing, Tim Hardaway Jr. wishes he was Jordan Clarkson. Wishes. I don't like the team's philosophy. That's things I think that's a big part of my frustration with this team is that I don't agree with the the approach. Um, and that's probably not gonna change anytime soon. So we're gonna we're gonna butt heads, okay? It's like uh, 
I used to be a North Carolina basketball fan. My friend, my my college roommate was a Duke fan. We're gonna butt heads. They're both good. Because I disagree with the Mavs philosophy, and there's almost no team in the NBA that that thinks the way I do. That doesn't make me wrong. Just because every team's doing it doesn't make them right. I say following the trend that everybody else is doing is stupid in sports. The teams that usually make it to the top are the teams that change the trend or the teams that have the most effective players at whatever the trend is. And if we don't have that, then we're not, we, you, you basically put a cap on what you can be when you want to be what the warriors were, but you don't have that level of talent. You are only going to be whatever percent of that team that you have the talent to match. So right now, the teams that are winning have a team that is built to do a certain thing. Our team wants to play a way that we are not built to play. We want to force players, we want to force round pegs into square holes. We want to tell guys who've shot 33% from three for their career that we need them shooting five, six, seven, eight threes a game until they make it. And it's somewhat has worked for a few people, but not for all. In my opinion, and I literally started school wanting to be a basketball coach because of this. Unless you are tailoring your style to your players, you're dumb. If you're if you can't tailor your style to your players, you should get personnel that fits your style. You can't do that in every situation. Right? Like a high school basketball coach can't go out and recruit players that fit his style. He has to be more flexible and say, hey, these are, this is what I got to work with. Let me draw some crap up that works with this group. A college basketball coach can recruit certain kids that fit into their style. But if certain kids don't step up, they got to adapt to win games, right? Or you get fired. The Dallas Mavericks, they, they have full power to try to make some changes to get personnel that fits the style that they want to play. But we don't. We force guys to play out of position. We force Dorian Finney-Smith, who weighs a buck seventy, soaking wet, to play power forward last year. We seem to have dialed back from that, and we're playing Maxi at the four now. It makes a little bit more sense. But Dorian Finney-Smith still playing 35 minutes a game, doing absolutely nothing. He's a great defender. Where? What? Who is he clamped? Who is he shutting down? Because every night I see people getting buckets against him. I can't think of a single time I said, damn, Dorian Finney-Smith locked him down. Dorian Smitty-Fifth? Smitty-Fifth? <laughs> Yo, I've been going for way too long. Dorian Finney-Smith brought the clamps out tonight. Nobody, when I haven't said that once. I love Dorian Finney-Smith. Three years ago, I said that Dorian Finney-Smith and Maxi Kleber are the future that Mavs fans want, and I meant it. I'm glad that both of them got re-signed. But Dorian Finney-Smith playing 35 minutes a game is too many minutes. It's making me annoyed watching him. Every now and then he'll get a hustle rebound and I'll be happy for it. But the fact that he's playing 35 minutes means that there's less hustle rebounds because he's expending too much energy running around chasing after guys that are way better than him at basketball. 
or stronger than him. If our team is built such that Dorian Finney-Smith deserves to play 35 minutes, then we need to rebuild the damn team. Something needs to change. It's unacceptable to call yourselves a playoff team and play Dorian Finney-Smith 35 minutes a night. He's usually second or third in minutes played. Unacceptable. Last night, two stars out. Dorian Finney-Smith had the same line that he had the previous night, pretty much. I think he had six and eight last night. He had seven and seven the previous night, if I'm not mistaken. If you are unable to do extra things when the stars are out, you probably shouldn't be starting. Or I'm sorry, you could start, but you probably shouldn't be playing 35 minutes. There should probably be somebody else at or close to your level at a bare minimum that is splitting those minutes with you. Unacceptable. Our roster is poorly built, especially to play this the way that we want to play. You are not going to tell me otherwise. You're not going to sell me on anything different. The roster is poorly built. Do, should they build it the way I want them to? I mean, obviously I want that, but even I understand that I'm not going to get what I want from this Dallas team going forward. They're not going to do the things that I want them to do. But if they're not, and they say that this is their philosophy, I would like them to get the personnel that fits that philosophy, or at least try to. Dwight Powell does not fit with what the Mavs want to do as a basketball team, but he's good for the culture. Fuck the culture. The culture is losing right now. That's what the culture is. The, the continuity of having a bunch of guys that were on the team when we were tanking. That's the continuity that we're keeping. For what? This is not a winning team. This is not a team built to win. There are a few winning type players on the roster. The rest are bums. The rest are end of bench players on every other team in the NBA. Dorian Finney-Smith should be playing 15 to 20 minutes a night. On a respectable NBA team. The rest of these guys, <laughs> it's Luca, part-time Porzingis. I'm going to call him part-time Porzingis because we, we're not going to get him every night. We know that. We got Luca. We got two-thirds of a Porzingis. Maxi should be playing 20, 25 minutes as a reserve spot-up shooter. He's shooting the lights out. I, I'm fine with him getting minutes. He usually plays good defense as well. I'm I'm cool with Maxi. Dory Finney-Smith, solid hustle guy, energy, can play a little bit of defense, make some, some hustle plays. Fantastic. 15 to 20 minutes off the bench. Tim Hardaway Jr., spark plug score, 15 to 20 minutes off the bench. Not 30. That's what he's doing, 30. Brunson, solid scoring point guard, backup, six man. He could he probably even start, play 30 minutes. Perfectly fine with him. Perfectly fine with that. Josh Richardson. Starting to look like he needs to be in that 15, 20, 25 minute somewhat starter, some, somewhat reserve type role where we're not married to giving him big minutes. He's in that in, somewhere in between Maxi and KP. He's shown that he could be a little bit more, but it's not consistent enough for me to be married to it yet. Last night was good. I like seeing him get some buckets. He needs to put the ball on the floor. He needs to get inside a little bit more. His three-point shot has not fallen the way that some of us had hoped. 
That's not who he is. Play him to his strengths. The rest of the roster is buns. The rest of the roster is replaceable. How do you change that? You do whatever you have to do to get more talented players on the on the court. I don't care if they don't fit your fucking philosophy. You acquire talent. You get young guys. If you're going to play them, play them. If you're not going to play them, don't pretend that you're going to play them. I'm glad that we had the G League bubble so that we can see that these guys are not ass. There is no way you're going to tell me that Josh Green, Tyler Bay aren't better than James Johnson, Dwight Powell, and some of these other guys. Oh, they're veterans. Oh, they know the game. I don't care. They're ass. The talent level is lower than these kids. The talent level is lower. You're not going to get to see those kids be better than them because they don't get playing time. If you gave me five straight games with the kids playing 10 to 15 minutes and then laid it out against Dwight Powell and James Johnson and Trey Burke playing 10 to 15, playing those minutes, give me five straight games of that and I will put money on the kids performing at least as well as those guys. At least, bare minimum. Bare minimum, Bay can fill in Dwight Powell's spot and give me seven points and seven rebounds. At minimum, Josh Green can fill in um, James Johnson's spot and get me six points, five rebounds, three assists. And and, and if if you want to match the turnovers, we can get two or three goofy-ass turnovers too to match James Johnson's production. Tyrell Terry could come in and give me uh, six points on three for nine shooting like Trey Burke does when he gets playing time. You're not going to convince me otherwise. And you know what else that does? It builds on the future because those guys aren't going to be here. Those other guys, they're not going to be here. They're not long for this team. Not if we're trying to win, I should say. The team seems to love Dwight Powell so much, they're just going to pay him to run around and look goofy and smack balls instead of grabbing them. Pause. Um, <laughs> look, man, I don't, I don't, I don't want to be angry, but you know, this is the position that I've been put in, and I, I'm accepting that, I'm embracing that, and I'm probably going to be more angry going forward. It is what it is. I don't have anything else to say right now. Denver Nuggets game tomorrow. I halfway don't want to watch it because I'd rather watch Karis LeVert and be uplifted and feel inspired. Um, But we'll see. We'll see. I'll probably tune in because I'm married to this goofy-ass team. Um, (laughs) I love y'all, man. I'm out. Peace.